Welcome to Conversations from the Edge of Consciousness. I'm your host, Christine Madeira. For me, and possibly for you, the inner world of consciousness has always been much more real and way more fun than the so-called real material world. Growing up, I thought I was alone in this, but I'm not. There are a lot of us, and far too many have no one to talk to who shares this experience. I've been lucky to cultivate a community of friends who love to talk about the energies, ideas, and vibrations that are pushing the edges of our own consciousness, as well as our collective consciousness. In Conversations from the Edge, we share our conversations with you. Welcome to Conversations from the Edge. This is your host, Christine Madeira, and I am really happy to be here today with my friend, Miche Meisner, and apparently I'm losing my voice <clears throat> already, and we have only just started talking. So, Miche, why don't you tell us just a little bit, remind us a little bit about what you do and who you are, and then we're going to jump into a conversation around time. Yeah, thanks, Christine. I'm excited to be back. I loved our discussions last month, and it's only going to get better this month, I think. I think so, yes. Yeah, so um, I am an energy worker, healer, mentor, and a coach, and my focus generally is on helping people uh, really be all of who they are, accept themselves, love themselves, and find their superpowers. I teach spoon bending. I've developed a process called uh, cosmic attunement, which is like change and transformation on jet fuel uh, that just clears out all sorts of stuff and propels people into, into themselves, <laughs> into Great. being more themselves. So that's what I'm up to these days. All right. Well, that sounds great. And we've talked a little bit about those so far, but we were going to talk today about, um, you were sharing an experience before we got on here that happened the other day that was kind of, the way that you prefaced it to me is that people didn't get it until you said, well, imagine that you've been smoking pot. And they're like, oh yeah. So as, right. you, as we come into this conversation, kind of suspend the critical thinking mind and just allow the possibility of what we're talking about to rise up and we'll see how that works. All right. So tell us about your experience and then let's, let's go deeper into it. Yeah. Okay. And that's kind of a great way to preface it there. And, um, and, and I think the reason that that came up of, you know, sort of imagine that you'd been smoking pot is that, um, I don't really have words for the experience. I mean, I try, <laughs> I will try to explain it as best I can. Um, but it's like, you know, I don't know, imagine feeling a new feeling that you'd never experienced before. How would you explain it? You can only say, well, it's sort of like this, but it's not that. And, you know, yeah. so, yeah. Okay. So the, the circumstance is that I was driving home with my partner late last night after a lovely evening of music and friends and uh, we we were actually sorry that there weren't more sing-alongs during the performance. So we decided <laughs> to just have our own sing-along, you know, and uh, Lynn put some tunes on, uh, you know, the stereo there and songs, you know, especially that we both knew and were familiar with and mostly from like the 70s and the 80s. And I had this experience of being very present, you know, very aware of being in the moment, not wandering around, uh, very, yeah, just very present with Lynn in the car, driving, you know, looking at the road, all of that stuff, and singing these songs, some of which had very strong 
uh, emotional connections because of, you know, past relationship or, you know, mm-hmm. some, something going on in high school or, you know, all these different things. And normally I think most of us uh, experience time or if we were to think about time, time in our lives, it, it, it's a timeline and it's either maybe going, you know, from the left to the right or from behind to in front of us. And this experience was, it was like time was expanding out from my present moment. Like, you know, like on a GPS where you see the little dot, it's Mm -hmm. like, you are here. So my present moment was the, you are here. And these things in my past, these songs that were calling memories up were also in the present. I wasn't really going, I wasn't leaving the present to be in the past. It's like my present, my little red dot was expanding until it included those past moments. Yeah, it was like my red dot just got so big that it was holding all of this time at once. And I bet it felt really, really good. It did. It and weird at the same time, but it, yeah, it did. I it felt very expansive. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt um, well. One of the things I I was also starting to talk about with you earlier was the idea of you know you have these uh, memories come up that particularly mm-hmm. that are attached to you know some instance or circumstance and they're usually full of emotions and for for myself having been depressed most of my life Mm -hmm. uh it's usually uh some pretty hard emotions yeah or my tendency would be to you know visit or revisit circumstances uh relationships places where frankly you know i usually felt like i messed up somehow you know, and so there was one particular moment I was thinking about a partner of mine that spent many years together and mm-hmm. noticing how much healthier and more present I am now than I was able to be back then and feeling regret. Okay, regret is okay, you know, but I felt that that tug to sort of slip down into going beyond regret to, you know, going into guilt and feeling bad and you know, just revisiting and the pain of it and all of that. And in that moment, I think because I was so anchored in the present Mm -hmm. moment, I was able to almost like reel myself back in from sliding down that hill and saw it as a very, um, a very conscious choice, something I was able to do or not do, which when I was in the middle of depression, I, you know, you don't always feel like you've got that, that, yeah, that prerogative, you know, but mm-hmm. I was able to do that and um, stay in the present. And so I still was able to have an awareness of the past an awareness of even emotions of the past, but from a very aware present moment. And so wow. my experience of that was really different. You know, the experiencing of, of this past Uh, moment or relationship coming up to mind and that felt great and I was able to honor my relationship um, you know and kind of uh, my she's actually passed recently and I was able to sort of give her a nod and you know just kind of appreciate what we Mm -hmm. had and not have to go into you know 
sort of negative recrimination. And somehow that felt attached to this sense of real, just expansive. It was expansive and it was also like from a higher perspective. You know, well, yeah, because it sounds right? like to me, you know, and I've had my own versions of these experiences as well. And, and what it feels like to me when I'm having something like that is that, you know, you're sort of transcending the level of everyday consciousness where we have, there's a big division between, you know, me and you and us and them and past and present and future. And everything has kind of been this place of separation, which is kind of an artificial construct. I mean, that's sort of three-dimensional reality, but that's not, when you look at quantum physics, that's not like actual reality. It's just the, it's the, the I don't know, what do they call it? The ex, ex, expectation-based reality that we live in that may be a hologram, who knows? Anyway, there's a big rabbit hole there. We can go down sometime. Um, but when, you're, when you transcend that place, there's actually places in the brain and brain wave states that you can get into. And it sounded like that's where you, you were. And I like to spend time there too, because it feels so good that um, the brainwave states that are not associated with the past, present, future kind of mode of being. And, you know, you have to be very present to get there. But then once those begin to transcend, you really do experience everything as one, everything at, at, at one time. And um, it can be just an amazing experience like that. And so it sounds to me like that's where you were, like you had shifted so much into the present, like through the present, beyond the present, into a, a state where you could actually be in that super presence where, where everything was present at one time. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that sounds right. Um, it, that reminds me too that I actually felt a lot of mm, activity, energy in the mm -hmm. back of my head. Um, so I don't know, the back part, part of my brain, maybe that's the area that that can do that, you know, but I felt like, you know, normally when I'm just uh, going about my business, if I think like, where am I, you know, and mm -hmm. I think I'm in my brain and I usually feel kind of like forward. I mean, if I were to place that little red dot, you know, of uh -huh. like, where, where is Miche's consciousness right now in the brain? Not that it actually is in the brain, but that's another rabbit hole too. Yeah. Um, you know, but a sense <laughs> of it kind of, you know, kind of forward. And in this experience, the sense of where, where I was sensing from maybe was mm -hmm. a lot toward the back of my head. All right. So let's pause and talk about brain state, like that perception in the brain. Cause there's not a lot of people that I've talked to. Like when I, when I talk, tell people that I can feel what's like, what's working in my brain, where my brain, where in my brain is firing off. Like they look at me like I'm like, a, like I've been smoking pot. Um, but it's actually part of my really daily experience. It's how one of the ways I experience myself is through energy and through the perception in the brain of what's going on where. And it's kind of this strange thing. It might be all my head injuries. I don't know. But I, when you said that, it was interesting because I spent years um, realizing that the front of my brain, like when the front of my brain was activated, that for me was a place where I was driven. I was in stress. I was like, I would make myself nuts, like overthinking things and, and overanalyzing and all of this stuff. And not that any part of your brain, you know, is immune from that. But I actually, for a couple of, for several years, decided I was going to begin to cultivate a, a, a like that soft, 
soft, um, not soft vision, but that expanded vision where I wasn't focused, but I had that expanded brain. I asked, I called it back of brain looking mm-hmm. where it was more of that, that alpha state, that, that taking in everything at one time state versus that state of over-focusing on one little thing. Cause I was, I was finding that I was having a lot of um, stress and anxiety with that. And, and the front of my brain was just like, it was like volcanoes going off everywhere. And so for me, like I had spent a long time cultivating this back of brain stuff. So most of my activity is in the back half of the brain. Mm-hmm. And it's only been recently that I, after my head injury back in the spring, that I was like, God, the whole front of my brain feels like it's shut down. And that I've started really trying to reactivate that part of my brain so it's doing stuff. Um, so I'm interested for you, like if you were right now, and I don't know if this is something that, that you can do it well, if you were to move your consciousness to the front of your brain uh, versus the back of the brain, would you have a different experience of, of our moment right this moment? Definitely. And I would say I've been in the back of the brain while I'm sharing this and just mm. your mention of kind of moving into the front, I immediately mm-hmm. felt squeezed. Yeah. You know, as if somebody had really like come and, you know, put their hands on the front of my head and tried to squeeze me into a narrower funnel. Um, well, and, and I didn't know, cause you know, if you look at brain anatomy, that's like that prefrontal cortex is really that it is that analyzing executive function thinking part of the brain that we kind of worship as a society because it's it's about how we create technology it's about how we you know create problems and try to solve problems um Mm. or try to do things try to solve problems that create more problems but it's it's that part of us that's the rational logical thinking brain which has a great purpose but I found for me the same thing. Like I felt like I, I can't exist here. This is not, I can't, I can't operate from this place and not make myself completely stressed out. So I, and, and I spend a lot of time in meditation. I, I realize I need to do a little bit more front of brain stuff, but the back of my brain is where I'm in that place of expansion and that place of, of um, expanded consciousness. And I spend a lot of time there. So do you, so anyway, comment on that. Where, where are you with the brain right now? Yeah, definitely um, um, in the back and I get maybe in the middle some. And, um, you know, in this experience that I had last night, if I had immediately tried to kind of explain what was going on, it would have, I would have had to go toward the front to find mm-hmm. you know, some words and I mean, just even trying, okay, even now as I try to sort of explain <laughs> about it, it, I can almost feel that red dot, you know, moving toward the front right, of the brain, yeah. right? Because I have yeah, to- Yeah, it's that be- place of intentional thought and of intentional communication. Yeah. And, yeah. and the words, vocabulary, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, you can be incredibly creative with words and you can also be stymied and, and held back because- we don't have words for what we haven't experienced before. No, and I think so, there's a reason why they say a picture is worth a thousand words. Uh-huh. Right. And a sensation is beyond all of that. A new sensation, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I, I was listening last night and I, I should have, I had a, 
I almost listened to it again today, but I didn't get a chance to do it. And I should have based on our conversation. There is a part of the brain toward the back of the brain that, and I, and that it's connected. So, so let's see, some, some of the emerging science and consciousness talks a lot about the vagus nerve. And mm-hmm. the vagus nerve, you know, it's, it's that, that part of that nerve that really activate when we're doing sort of heart breathing and we're doing the diaphragm and it, it brings us into that quiet state. It moves us into this meditative state. It expands consciousness, that kind of stuff. But there's some particular activity in the back of the brain, kind of like back right behind the brain stem, kind of probably behind the pineal gland area. So it's probably, probably all in that same general region because the pineal gland is all about consciousness as well. And that, that really gets activated when you do some intentional vagus, vagus nerve work that really activates different levels of consciousness. Um, and I would, I mean, that's very generalized. I'd have to go back and, and watch that and listen to it and see if I can get a little bit more <laughs> information um, uh, that's specific to share about it. But there was that place um, back there that's connected with the vagus nerve that's very consciousness oriented. There's the pineal gland which is very consciousness oriented. Right. Um, and I've been doing for a couple of years, uh, there's been my, for a couple of years, I didn't really realize that was my pineal gland at the time. I was thinking that was a little further forward in the head until I looked at an anatomy book. Uh, but it's been, it's been tingling for a couple of years. Like it's just sort of like everything is firing through that particular gland mm-hmm. and so, which has activated more and more of the back of the brain and helped me see more of life through that larger perspective um, rather than the, the very small perspective. Cause that small perspective, you know, like you said, it's like squeezing your brain. Yeah. Right. Huh? Yeah. I haven't really heard about the vagus nerve. Maybe you mentioned listening to Joe Dispenza, but certainly not enough, you know, to comment on it. Um, I do feel like the more work I do, the more expansiveness, the more playing, uh, being in different parts of my brain, the more I am awakening my pineal gland as well. Um, and it just this, this discussion reminded me of an exercise. Um, there's a, a guy named Jim Self, uh, mm-hmm. Mastering Alchemy. And um, <clears throat> he's done a lot of uh, cutting edge kind of work. And years ago, I was listening to some basic um, kind of shift of perception exercises and and one of them, the point was just what left for me, the idea is that if I'm looking at something in the room, there's a mm-hmm. sense, if I pay attention, of my awareness, my 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 focus, my interest is mm-hmm. going out from me to the thing. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So I'm like going out to perceive it. And what he was teaching was um among other things, to kind of be in the middle of your brain, in the center of your brain, and to perceive things as they are arriving to you. Yes. Right? So so that I'm not sort of, let's say, leaving my, I'm not really leaving my body, you know, but my awareness is kind of going out to the edge of my energy field or something Mm -hmm. to have a perception and experience rather than staying aligned and centered within my own consciousness and perceiving what is around me. And it's very different. 
It is. And that's exactly what that back of brain stuff I was doing before too. I was even going a little further back than that. And I practice it like driving is where I really started practicing it before I started adding it to other things. Cause you can, if you're driving and you're looking forward and you're like, you only see what you're looking at. And if you pull your perception back, you see everything and you're able to respond actually faster. Like we think that we can respond faster if we're really focused on something, but there's so many brain things that have to connect to get from perception to action in that focused state, where if you're in that place of expanded awareness, you're really operating out of your subconscious more than your conscious, which is much faster. So I would find, uh, which was fascinating, like I would find when I was driving, that I was responding to things that people were doing before my cognitive thought was able to process that guy's cutting me off or whatever it happened to be. That mm. guy's hitting his brakes. Um, I was responding and already kind of through the moment and my conscious mind is like, bah, 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 bah. oh yeah, okay. Now we're operating, like talking about what happened in the past instead of being in right. the present. Um, and I, so I love that exercise. And it's so true. I've heard it in different ways too, that um, one of like, if you're, hmm. so with vision and I, I, I still struggle with this with vision a little bit, but um, when you're outwardly focused for me and my experience, it's like I was right at the, at the front edge of my eyes and yes. it put a lot of strain in my eyes. And I've been, I'm really, tr I'm really, developing the practice because it's it's something that uh, that's the one sense of mind that tends to go out into the world and gather information instead of receive it um, intentionally like so like if i'm reading if i'm working on the computer if i'm driving it's fine but something where i'm actually doing more intentional work mm -hmm. that um, i mean i want to use my be able to use that focused part of my brain without bringing my awareness to the front edge of my eyes where it's very fatiguing I'd like to be able to continue to focus on something that if I'm reading a book, obviously I want to focus on the book or doing something on the computer. I want to focus on that. But from that, that middle of the brain or back of the brain perception area. And so I'm still playing with that because that's not a seamless exercise for me. Right. I had this image of, you know, cartoon like Bugs Bunny, um, you know, with the eyeballs just stretching out, you know, feet yeah. in you know it's like that's what okay, it feels right like. where your eyes are going out to get that thing or to right to yeah. experience it. yeah as opposed to let's say our eyes being more like the window or just mm -hmm. the receptor through which things are coming in to us to perceive yeah uh, so if you look about it like in in terms of this is going to be a stretch and i'm sure if there was somebody who was really into quantum physics they'd laugh at me but um you know we've got that the idea of the um observer and so that observer, by going out and actually having a really strong expectation of what they're seeing is kind of that perception out into the world. You're pushing it out into the world. You're looking at a particular thing in a particular way through a particular lens to have a particular experience. And it's a sort of a fixed point in the world and things, you know, line up around that fixed point versus that place of consciousness which is the thing within us that's having the experience and allowing, just like you said, the experience to come to us and be what it is without the same level of expectation that we do when we put our awareness out into the world um, to perceive it in a particular way. Yeah, right. And I think when we're um, receiving, we're mm -hmm. perceiving more, 
Because, you know, as yeah. you were saying, when we're going out, we're much more focused. It's more of a tunnel or a funnel. And, and we're um, even more eliminating more of what we can perceive because we're, you know, targeting something. Um, yeah. You know, I, I know they, they say that, you know, we're perceiving so many hundreds of thousands of bits of information and we're basically filtering out most of it. But when we go out, you know, sort of send our eyeballs out to get mm -hmm. something, we're uh, eliminating, let's just say everything from between my head and where my eyeball out there <laughs> is, you know, yes. like all of that space. Um, yeah. Uh, I wanted to mention too, that there've actually been studies uh, where like a person be, you know, hooked up to uh, wires and, you know, gauges and all of that and uh, sit in front of a computer screen knowing that they're going to be shown pictures uh, mm -hmm. randomly. Some of them are going to be emotionally um, charged, disturbing maybe, and uh, their responses are being picked up by these electrodes. And uh, I had known for years now that they've um, shown that your brain, your body, your brain will react before your awareness, you know, so they could measure like on your skin or whatever that you're having um, an emotional reaction to a picture before your awareness actually gets it, you know, and, and responds like before maybe you jump back, you know, but, uh, yeah. uh, but the one that I read about most recently was actually that your heart. Yeah. I was going to say uh, it's your heart it energy. Like, I, it was like seconds, seven before. seconds, what, seven what, seconds, seven seconds, like that's, seven seconds. that's enormous. And yes. You know, so, and they say, you know, we've got three brains, right? The one in our head, the one in our heart, and the one in our gut. And mm -hmm. apparently, um, the one in the heart is the one who's really in the know. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, what's going on before. Well, the one in the heart is supposed to be connected. Like, that's the one that's radiating out into the subtle field of, of you know, this, whatever I call it, the subtle field. But, um, and they have a, a scientific name for it because it has been proven now. Um, but the field the, of all that is a quantum field, subtle field, whatever it is that it's, that's like, that's its sense. So we've got the heart that beats and we've got that the the heart is a sensory organ and it senses out into that electromagnetic or whatever that field is made of mm -hmm. and is gathering information, um, that is not yet available to the senses. Cause even in this, in our senses, we're always operating from pat from the past because by the time something makes it through our perceptual system, it's already in the past. And the heart as a sensory organ is able to be in probably what's real time. You know, it's the rest of the system. We're on, we're on delay <laughs> and it's operating yeah. at the actual real time. Wow. That's fascinating. So would you be uh, willing to give us a little experience of that gym self um, idea of, or I don't know if that's somewhere you want to go with this or if it's, if you are able to do that, but if you'd like to, that would be wonderful or something else would be great too. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I can, you know, give my um, definitely inaccurate version, you know, no, of that's what his, his tool. So, um, you know, and I, I Bring do the definitely version. Yeah, right. And, um, and he's definitely online and you can find him and find those tools for free on his website. So, uh, you know, I give him that plug. And if you want, you know, his version, which, you know, is the version that I discovered. <laughs> through him. Uh, okay, so 
<sighs> All right. So, um, you know, take a breath, just be present, come present in your body, kind of bring your, your thoughts, your wandering mind into back into your head, kind of as we've been talking about. And um, how he has you locate the center of your brain or yeah, is to, if you put your thumbs on your temples and then you uh, join like your, say your middle fingers um, at, in, on your forehead. So thumbs on your temples and middle fingers together, point to point on your forehead. And then with keeping your, your fingers on the, on the, your thumbs on the temples, kind of scoot your, these two fingers up and back so that they're on the top of your head. And it's like the meeting point of um, where if you go straight down now from your fingers on top of your head and where they would point if from your forehead, but the, the fingers on top of your head, that's like the center of your brain going down from there. And so just, um, just bring your awareness back there. And I say just because one of the amazing things I discovered with him is he would just say, like, do that. And I, my brain wanted to be like, wait a minute, I don't know how to do that. But if you don't say that, you know, if you just sort of hear the, the request or the command to bring your intention, attention to the center of your brain, your brain knows what to do. Your awareness knows what to do. And to just be with that for a moment and see what that might feel like sensation maybe in your brain on even on the top of your head. And now if you imagine uh, your arm outstretched and holding a rose in your hand with at arm's length and look at this imaginary rose and notice now where, where your focus, you know, where you're, are you still in the middle of your brain or have you moved to the front of your brain or maybe even beyond closer out to the rose and wherever you find yourself, if it's not in the center of your brain, just Bring yourself back. And then bring your hand a bit closer, a few inches closer. And again, look at this rose. Or, you know, if you're having trouble visualizing that, you can just look at your hand. Um, and again, where, where's that red dot in your head? Has it moved? and bring it back to center. And as you're doing this, also notice how you are in your body. Is, does your breathing change? Does your posture change? Um, does your sense of alignment within you change depending on where in your brain you are perceiving from. 
And again, bring your hand and the rose a few inches closer. And see if you can just stay in the middle of your brain in the center and allow this image, this idea even, to come to you rather than going out to meet it. And you can keep practicing, you know, just bringing it closer and closer or try with, uh, you know, different looking around in your room. So that's basically um, a little exercise uh, for awareness and for intention, intentionally placing your attention where you choose. Well, thank you. That was super helpful. And um, I, I, I feel, I predict more brain conversations in our future. Um, but that was super helpful for me because one thing I noticed was when things were distant, like when I was driving, it was really easy to stay in that back. But as it got closer, there was that compulsion to want to move to the front of my, move my perception out to the, to the edges of my eyes mm -hmm. and direct my experience, which, and I don't mean direct it like, you know, I'm scripting the whole experience, but to basically to have control over the experience right. <laughs> rather than just allowing the experience to come to me. So there we go is my work for um, here on out for a little while to, to play with that. But thank you so much, Mite, for, for being with us today and for sharing, um, sharing that. This was fun. Yeah, um, you need to have more of those kind of experiences so we can talk about them. Yeah, great. This has been wonderful. <laughs> you know, I love, you know, that you brought in pieces I hadn't ever thought of or experienced. So it was very expansive in this moment as well. That's why we have conversations. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be talking to you again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. This is your host, Christine Madeira. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation from the edge of consciousness. You can find all our conversations at conversationsfromtheedge.net. You'll also find links to schedule a private conversation with me or any of my friends, as well as tools to help you expand your own consciousness and explore what's possible for you outside the boundaries of your current perceptions. Feel free to use this podcast to start your own conversation by sharing it with friends, on social media, in your blog, or even in your own podcast. And as always, live the adventure of pushing your own edge. It's the most amazing adventure there is.